Trafalgar's Big Tour Sale has arrived. Book your next vacation with 15% off top-selling tours. Discover the world's top-trending destinations like Spain, Egypt, Japan, and Italy, while enjoying big experiences, big memories, and big icons along the way. To unlock savings, contact your travel advisor today. Call Trafalgar at 866-513-1995 or visit trafalgar.com slash big tour sale. That's T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R dot com slash big tour sale. Attorney Ward Heinrichs, Esquire, the partner of Backstrom and Heinrichs Attorneys at Law in San Diego, California, is back on Big Blend Radio Success Express show today to talk about some changes and expansions in California and federal employment leave law. Now, Ward is a regular on Big Blend Radio. He's so lucky. <laughs> He's also a contributor to Big Blend Radio and TV magazine. Really gives some good insight, especially if you're an employer in California or an employee. Um, there's always these changing laws. Not always easy to get the information, but he lets everyone know about it. Uh, so if you go to BigBlendNetwork.com, type in Ward Heinrichs, and you'll find his articles and listen to his interviews. But best go to his website, BestEmploymentAttorneySanDiego.com. How can you forget that website name? He's also on Twitter at Ward Heinrichs and Facebook under Backstrom and Heinrichs. Ward, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Lisa? Doing good. Now, you know, Nancy and I had to play that song work for you before you came on the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> Put your hammer that... down. <laughs> well, not everyone wants to go to work. I understand that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've got to tease, tease you. No, but leave law, that's the topic. And, you know, so the laws have changed. I know you've got an article. I mean, everyone actually can go to BigBlendNetwork.com and type in employment leave laws, and you'll find the article now. But it will be featured in our digital Big Ben radio and TV magazine in the May-June issue. But these, you have this list of leave laws. I mean, so these are really to protect the employees of the business, right? Yes, they are uh, for various reasons. I listed 19. There's probably a few more that I didn't list. Um, you just have to give me a situation and tell you whether it actually exists or not. It's, it's pretty exhaustive. Um, there's many different reasons why employees can take leave. Now, you know, most employees don't actually have uh, many of these problems crop up in their lives, and so they don't have to access it. But it's that type of problem like domestic violence or uh, stalking or something like that crops up. Well, there's a leave law that covers it. So let's say that you're you're being stalked and you go to your boss and you say, I have to leave because I have a stalker. What happens there? Does the employer still pay them while they're gone? Good question. No, those are unpaid leave. Now, there can be rules in place to allow for the use of vacation and uh, other potential types of uh, paid leave. The main one would be PTO or vacation, um, mm -hmm. and that's really up to the employer and employee how they want to handle that. So it's possible mm -hmm. to take paid leave if you have access to it, but if not, it's mm -hmm. unpaid. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, before we go forward, I you, you were talking about keeping up on the laws. Did you hear that uh, California is really likely to pass another uh, minimum wage increase? Yeah. Go, I was yeah, going to go to 1050 
on January 1st, 2017, and increased to $15 by 20, uh, 2022. So I, th- I know, and uh, some people are really unhappy about it, and then there's a lot of employees going, thank you, I can now feed my family. So this is really cool. I saw, I saw it through your feed, actually, on Twitter and Facebook that that had happened, and I'm like, this is incredible. So California, I think California and Washington State, and maybe is in New York, too, really setting example for the rest of the country. And that's my, my opinion. Since we have an attorney on the show. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> there, uh, there are, there is a push across the nation to increase minimum wage. Uh, different states have increased it, uh, as well as California. But that's the largest amount that a state mm. has uh, decided to increase the minimum wage to. And the reason why I say decided. It hasn't been signed into law yet, but it really looks like it's going to happen. So when 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 things like that happen, okay, I, I have to ask this. Just okay, so we have unions, right? So in in some ways, just looking from the employer's point of view, that may not want to pay the extra minimum wage, right? Into that, it doesn't this in a way kind of make peace with the union, so everybody can just get along, and or no. Well, unions were big backers of the quote-unquote bill. Mm-hmm. And, again, I'm, I'm being a little cautious about this. It, it, it hasn't been mm-hmm. passed by the legislature yet. It's, it's really, I would say, a proposal at this point, but it, it's mm-hmm. backed. You know, the government, governor says they're going to back it. Businesses said it's going to back it. And the one reason why the business said, uh, many businesses said they're going to back it was there was so much external pressure to increase the minimum wage um, that, and hmm. part of it was union, uh, that it, I guess an, another way of explaining it is it, the unions put ballot measures on the, the upcoming ballots. So if those pass, they're going to actually increase it more or more quickly. So that's the union pressure you're seeing. And some employers said, well, let's do this instead. I can agree to increase it, but let's do it more modestly. And so that's what this is supposed to do. And once the governor signs the the bill and it goes into effect, uh, the unions have said that they will take the initiatives off the ballot. Because isn't there also sometimes when when – Okay, I'm I'm trying to put this correctly. There's union things that will happen, like a union will say, okay, no, you're not paying enough, that's it, we're pulling the employees, right? Because people are members of the union for their specific trade. And even just in, you know, as as traveling, we get to meet a lot of contractors, and and some of them are cute. No, kidding, we travel, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. But as we, you know, we meet contractors, and some have, like, actually had to pull and go back to where they came from because the union said, no, um, they're not paying you enough for this job, and they're traveling in their different crafts. And and then so I go, well, isn't that – that's almost like a double waste of money. Like if – can't you just sort it out? Because if people drive back and forth to an area to do their work and then the union pulls them back, okay, I understand the union is standing up for the employee, but – now there's like a whole bunch of extra cost that goes out when the unions start. So maybe these bills kind of help in balancing that that kind of thing out. Am I putting this at all right? Wow. <laughs> um, I ask that. <laughs> well, I see what you're saying about unions because sometimes uh, unions uh, will make a decision for an individual employee and say, no, you can't be 
part of that employer's workforce because not paying you enough or whatever it is. And that seems to hurt the employee. Uh, they're out, maybe they're out of pocket for traveling, and they're, they've lost a job. Uh, but the union in that situation feels like that's justified because it is actually, by that action, trying to keep the wages to where they should be according to the union contract. So is it, you know, does it hurt someone? Yeah. Does it maybe hurt the employer and the employee? Yeah, possibly. Uh, it, in the long run, is it a good tactic for the whole union and all the membership? Um yeah, I guess it depends on the situation. Uh, certainly, mm-hmm. the union thought it was in, in the situation you had pointed out. Uh, yeah. Now, but minimum wage is a little different. Yeah, I think the reason why the unions uh, have backed it is it, it tends to push up wages for everyone, including union members as well. And often mm-hmm. there are in union contracts um, provisions that talk about minimum wage and maybe getting multiples of minimum wage if you're a manager and things like that. So it depends on the union agreement, but uh, the increase in minimum wage can have a direct effect through a contract that talks about it or have an indirect effect by just pushing wages up in general. You know, I think when when the minimum wage goes up, um, that the employer, especially small employers, um, oh, it hurts. It hurts yeah, them. It's, you know, especially if you know the budget time. They don't have time to to budget for it. But usually they. Isn't actually, there a lot of warning? Uh, actually, usually they do. But it hurts them because it's cost of doing business, and you know that means they have to put their prices up. So there's that's the Republican side. Now <laughs> go to the Democrat side. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I mean, it's kind of the country's divided on this kind of thing. If the minimum wage goes up, then you could argue that the people who are working now can spend more, which means some businesses get more money. And hopefully somewhere it balances out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't think you can get away. I mean, yes, I hear that all the time where yeah. the proponents of it will say, more, uh, these people have more money in their pockets, and they will go out and spend it and support other businesses. Like it's good yeah. for everyone. Well, yeah, I just don't see how you can get away from the fact that now you're talking about an increased cost. And in this case, from $10 an hour to $15 an hour, now it's over mm-hmm. seven years. Uh, but it, that's, uh, that's a hefty increase, mm-hmm. and that is, that, that's a cost. <laughs> it just is. Yeah, it is. And that means um, and those I think you're right. You started out by saying, you know, mom and pop who mm-hmm. have a small workforce are probably yep. most affected. Uh, you, For sure. you know, and employers often react by um, reducing the number of hours, re, right. uh, reducing the number of employees. Exactly. Uh, Everybody goes on part time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. There there are definitely because ramifications of that kind of thing uh, and it's not all positive for the worker. Uh, you know, it's, and I don't how I just don't see how you can escape that fact. It's just true. I mean, but, it's the truth and they don't get the tax breaks that that corporate America gets for sure. No. Now the small business Oh, I see a small employer. business owner. Uh, I I don't know, probably. 
<laughs> well, well put, Ward. Ward but, but, okay. But now, but look, okay. So, we'll hear, okay, we've gotten to this point. Now we might as well go with it. So, okay, so businesses have a bunch of fees to pay. And then the employees, they need to make money as well. So, we're at this point. And so, I'm going to go back to the leave laws because this now affects yes. the. I didn't mean a huge again. distraction, but I, it, no, it's, it was good. it's pretty hot. It was a good one. Deceptions yeah, okay. and going off track are what we do well. They're but, innovative. <laughs> they're innovative. We've been talking about innovation. But it's something important for people to know. And, Ward, I think that's the thing. With, I think what's good with what you do is you're letting people know. And it's very hard to find out about all these bills and even understand them. I mean, you can. You sent me the list of California. It's up on, on, on BigBlendNetwork.com, everyone, again. Here's this list of all the kind of laws. There's federal and California has a list of 19, and there's three federal laws, and you start to look at it, and then how do you even understand it all? I mean, when you look at any legalese, it's a whole other language that you guys speak, and we all go, really, do I have to read this? Do I have to have a cocktail while I read this? And then that's not really necessarily the good thing to do because then you create your own other language. So I think it's good what you're doing, telling people, and when the you know, minimum wage changes, people need to know on all sides, you know, that this is going to come. You were talking, Nancy, about business owners, like suddenly, Mm. oh, you're going to have to pay this. I think there's a diligence as a business owner to watch what's going on in the law side. If, you know, minimum wage, if it's the federal laws changing on leave law, you need to know because then you can plan. Again, isn't that part of what you do, Ward, too, as, as an attorney when someone hires you and says, okay, do you, watch out for them for specific things for their business? Yes. Um, I give advice on different types of leave, and uh, depending on what I could be retained for, anyone in the firm could be retained for, uh, we would go through maybe a handbook and talk about the different leaves that are, are available there, talk about how they may interact with some of the laws. Yes, that's part of what we do. Okay, so let's let's go into leave law because it, it this is these changes. You say there's changes in California and federal, and some kind of overlap each other, and it's different. Um, the California Family Rights Act, you say, is very similar to the Federal Family Medical Leave Act. I feel like yeah. I should be in Congress saying all this stuff, but <laughs> so. <laughs> And it's like when you start hearing all these acts, I'm just like, okay, can we have a stage? Um, California Family Rights Act, explain that. That allows an employee who is employed by an employer who has 50 or more employees to take up to 12 weeks of leave during the year for a serious medical condition or for a serious medical condition of a family member or for baby bonding. And that's wow. pretty similar to the FMLA, and most people refer, even in California, to that type of leave as FMLA. Uh, but there are some differences, and in most cases the CFRA, the California Family Rights Act, gives uh, some more benefits. For instance, um, the any type of pregnancy leave, uh, does not accrue simultaneously with the California Family Rights Act, uh, but it does with the FMLA. So you can actually 
if you elect CFRA in, in California, you'd be entitled to it, then that doesn't start running if you're out on a pregnancy leave. So that's one benefit. Um, but both of them do give 12 weeks of leave. Again, it has to be a pretty large employer, 50 or more, and that employee has had to work there for at least a year uh, and, at, mm-hmm. and put in at least 1,250 hours during the year. So, okay. okay. So when when it comes to these kind of things, what does an employer do do they have to they do both? I mean, I mean when you look at the laws, do some employers just go, "Oh, I'm going to do federal and I'm safe," but you could get nailed on the California side if you don't do the California side too. Yes, you sure could. Um mm. the differences, subtle differences in the CFRA and the FMLA could lead an employer into a, an issue that harms them down the road if they don't look at it right. For instance, if you're out on pregnancy leave uh, and you go, well, yeah, we just follow the, F- the F- FMLA, we're good, and then um, 12 weeks goes by and you go, hey, you're done, so come on back. And if they don't come back, they the employer sends them a letter and says, you're terminated because uh, you abandoned your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unbeknownst to them, in that situation, that employee actually has more time off. Now, of course, they have to qualify for it, but more time off Mm -hmm. under the California Family Rights Act. So that would most likely be a wrongful discharge. Now, of course, you can fight about the details of a wrongful discharge, and I'm not saying that any case like that would necessarily win, but you certainly would have an argument. (laughs) Wow. So... Then where are we on laws? Like, let's say a person, a woman interviews and she's um, pregnant, but maybe not obviously showing pregnant and doesn't say she's pregnant, and are you allowed to even ask? And then um, takes a job thinking down the road she's going to be able to have all this leave. And I'm assuming that would be paid leave. No. Well, leave. don't assume the paid leave part. Okay. Uh, the, you, there can be types in insurance policies that are in place that would cover that type of leave and, and pay the employee, but the employer oh. is never required to pay for it. it what happens is, uh, at least in California, if there is a pregnancy disability leave, then the employee has paid into the SDI, which is the California fund that uh, helps disabled employees um, in various situations. But So it un- comes under the SDI. And then um, the, uh, the employee can petition to have those SDI funds released while they're out on, on uh, pregnancy disability leave. So you have to go Are to the government allowed- are, are you allowed to ask the um, prospective employee if they're pregnant or not? No. And, Ooh. I mean, but, you know, <laughs> no, you're not allowed to. No, it's just not, it's not relevant to the job kind of thing. Now, if you, if, if, if there is wow. a, a uh, what you want to talk about when you're interviewing a client or interviewing a potential employee is talk about what the requirements of the job are and, and ask mm-hmm. them, can you do this? Can you do this? 
if you notice that someone is pregnant, I mean, you know, the elephant's in the room, it's not improper to say, (laughs) well, can you, you know, (laughs) this job requires you to climb up scaffolding. Can you do it? You know, you can ask questions like that. Um, But be careful about asking directly about pregnancy. Oh, we we need to do a whole segment on, like, the interviewing part of things on both sides because it is interesting what happens when some – What you can ask and what you can't. Yeah, because you – I would just say, hey, man, have you got the belly? No, you know, I can't say that. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? That's, there's an old movie that says that. But, you know, you, obviously I'd be in trouble. And I don't mean any harm. I would just be like, oh, you know. She's got the belly. She's Both got the belly. Around. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> But you'd get in trouble. It's interesting that you are able to work with the employer and the employee. So you get this well-rounded, like, not that just is, I didn't mean to say it that way. It's side of things. <laughs> Are we still on our happy hour conversation from the other month, Ward? <laughs> that was a good one. That was, be. Hey, that happy hour show was hysterical. That was one of the best panels I thought for happy hour ever. That was great. But um, going back, you know, looking at all these laws, you, I mean, even the employees really almost have to keep up with things because do you when when employees come into you and say listen you know i was hired and you know i didn't get my unpaid leave you know my pregnancy leave do a lot of people even know that they get that you know are people aware of their laws when they come into you on the employee side well not always very often not but i i would say that uh pregnant women cuz i think only women still can get pregnant nowadays um, do understand now, that there is some pregnancy. <laughs> there is some uh, pr- pregnant uh, protection for someone who's pregnant. There's uh, coverage for uh, pregnancy. There's time off work. I think most workers in California do understand that. Um, what mm-hmm. I see though is often someone will come in and complain about some aspect of their job, maybe a boss is being too hard on them or something like that. They go, well, you know, I'm not sure. Um, and But then I'll say, well, you know, how are you getting paid, this kind of thing. And then before you, too long, you may find a real issue. And I'm not saying that someone who has a boss leaning on them doesn't have a real issue. It really, it's case by case. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, some Sometimes, you know, the Supreme Court has said, well, we don't go into the boardroom and run the business. So if there's disputes and things like that, yeah, you know, we're not taking care of that. Uh, If there's a violation of the law the way it's written, we'll help you with that. And that's Mm -hmm. where I have to direct people sometimes. Say, Well, you know, the law the way it's written may not cover that situation. Bullying is is an example. You know, just plain old Mm -hmm. bullying. There is no better time than the present to explore the lucrative commercial real estate offerings from Reef. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. Featured on Fox News, Wall Street Journal, Yahoo Finance, and many more. We're not a crowdfunding site. We own and operate all our properties. Come see why thousands of individual investors have decided to trust Reef with their real estate investments. Call us today with any questions. Hedge market volatility with Reef. Open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. With 40 years of experience, thousands of investors, a proven track record, and more than $3 billion in assets under management, 
Reef provides exceptional commercial real estate investment offerings at the click of a button. Visit us at rreaf.com backslash investor. We own and operate all our properties, and that's important because we have skin in the game. Unlike the middleman, you can call or visit us anytime. Hedge market volatility with our lucrative offerings, open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. Um, yeah. Is it illegal? Uh, but if you're bullying someone because they're in a protected class, well, now that's illegal. So, no, it was a pregnant woman be. protected because, I mean, if, if someone bullied her and said, you know, you've got the big belly, you know, <laughs> would, that be, would that be, is that a protected class or no? Yeah, that directly raises gender and pregnancy, uh, and you can't pick on someone because of those reasons. But it, you can pick on a pregnant woman if they're doing a bad job, you can go, hey, I'm, you know, I don't care if you're pregnant or not. I mean, of course, don't even mention it, but, uh, but here you're coming in late. Now there could, you know, there could be disability things going on, oh, too. Oh, because the, because the morning, interact, morning sickness or, thing. Yeah, yeah. You, there may, you may have to interact and do some reasonable accommodation. However, if they're just hmm. doing a bad job, you can pick on them for that. You can raise the right. issue. For that, you know, why are you coming mm-hmm. in late? Um, why can't you get the job done? And it may be, well, you know, I've got morning sickness. Well, now you got to deal with that. You reasonably mm-hmm. accommodate. Why uh, can't you run up ten flights of stairs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, you knew that you was start... part of the job when you signed up. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, so there's a diligence on both sides that has to happen. You know, so this is—it's interesting going through you know, all these different laws and, and the, the differences between federal and state. But what is, what is kin care? That's what I wanted to understand because I know there's paid family leave and there's kin care. Is that all connected? Yeah. Well, it's not paid family leave. That comes under the new sick leave law. Okay. And this is one of the changes in the law. It allows for uh, someone who has some sick leave on the books to use it not mm-hmm. just for their sickness but for the sickness of a family member. Oh. So, and you you can't use the full sick leave for that reason. You can use up half uh, half of what you have booked, uh, but you do have access to it for that reason. So, but so, but it's related to sick leave. Okay, so when when all of these things happen, okay, because when on shows before we, we've talked about oh that's workman's comp I don't do that. I mean, where where does what happens in regards to some of this ending up in insurance? I mean, does insurance play a role in this? Workmen's comp play a role in some of these issues? Where's the line come up for this? Because I know that it, it there's, it's there. Something yeah, out um, there that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, insurance uh, can cover pay for some leaves. It's, it really depends on how the policy is written, what kind of policy it is, and. Typically, you'll see a disability insurance policy that will cover an employee who is out on a disability leave, some type mm-hmm. of disability leave that's unpaid. Now they can get paid. Uh, hmm. uh, oh, I'm sorry. There was a second part of your question. And well, there's insurance and there's workman's comp. So for oh, you, for what you yeah. do, where, what happens? Do you, do you end up have, ever having to, like, yell at an insurance company or – or does that go through the employer or the employee? I mean, what happens with that when there's like a scrimmage? Um, I, I have been retained to yell at insurance companies from time to time. 
uh, yeah, to <laughs> to get coverage sometimes, and uh, I, I think I've only done it for employers, though. I don't think I've done okay. that for employees. Employees yeah. usually that's that's handled in house, and it's, and okay. the request is handled with the broker. And that is, if I've never had someone come to me and say I was improperly not covered. If that mm-hmm. were to happen, you know, I'd say, well, show me the policy and let's see if we can do something for you. Um, oh, okay. But I just not have done that for an employee. Now, work comp, though, um, that, you know, that, that relates to leave laws in California because you, work, you can be out on work comp leave. That, it's just another type of potential leave for uh, okay. a workplace injury. So when when you get hired, okay, so when the leave law things happen in California, when you have all these laws, it when someone, going back to the minimum wage, right, so when people start to go to their employees and saying, well, you're on part-time, and then everybody ends up with two to three part-time jobs, do they don't end up with any of these leave laws really affecting them, right, because now they're on part-time, so they really don't have any of those benefits. Am I right with that or wrong? No, there's different rules for the amount of time you work. Some of uh, the well, for instance, we talked about the FMLA CFRA. There, you have to work a minimum number of hours. So if you don't meet those because you're part time, then yes, you don't have access to that type of leave. Uh, and and you have to meet fairly many bars in both of those to get the 12 weeks. You know, again, 50 or more employees. Mm-hmm. But you have to work 1,250 hours in the last year and have worked for at least a year. So, yes, part-time could hurt that. Others just say permanent employees, like USERA for um, the military leave, the federal military leave. Mm-hmm. It just says permanent, and I, and I, since I don't do that very often, I've run into a few USERA mm-hmm. issues. I can't really recite all the requirements, but I don't think there's a minimum hourly requirement in uh, USERA. So that one, I again, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that, that there's no uh, – if, if you work there permanently 10 hours a week, I think you can still rely on that type of leave law. So, okay, let me understand this here. If you um, can't get full-time employment because employers now realize they're they're better off with a, a lot of part-time permanent employees than they are full-time permanent employees, you could be out there having two or three jobs, all part-time jobs, on a permanent basis, but not get the benefits if you just had one full-time job that was permanent. Yes, that's possible. Um, so now, should there I be a law somewhere that protects people like that? Because I see, you know, that corporations <laughs> can do that. I mean, uh, huh? <laughs> well, can, can the we more call laws, you the merrier, I always say. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't there be something that says to a big corporation, you can't have most of your employees as part-time? Because you're evading their benefits. Well, there. Here's an instance of where we saw that as a trend was when Obamacare took effect, and you had yeah. to work at least 32 hours to get to qualify for Obamacare through your employer. 
Um, the Affordable Care Act. <laughs> I'm sorry, Affordable Care Act. You're right. It is. But I found out I that stand not all the got it. That they don't have it. I think it's funny. So, but there was a trend to employ people for fewer than 32 hours. Now, remember, that's just mm. a trend that was a reaction to a law. That doesn't mean that there aren't other market factors that make or or push an employer to employ for more than the 32 hours. Hmm. Um, If there's a scarcity of workers in an area for a certain type of job, they may have to say, we will employ you for at least 40 hours a week or Hmm. we'll – will uh, guarantee you 10 hours of overtime. I mean, I've seen situations like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just because a law passes and some employers try to get around it, and, and you know, it, I can't blame mm-hmm. anyone. You know, they're just trying to do business the best they can. Uh, right. But that doesn't mean there aren't other market factors that say, no, you, got, you really have to employ them more than that. And it really depends. Mm-hmm. It changes from industry to, to industry and from uh geographic location, geographic location. Uh, And there's all sorts Hmm. of factors like that. So, no, you don't necessarily see uh, all employers hiring everyone for just 30 hours. That really might not be realistic given the situation. Right. You can't generalize with with any of this. Just like the Affordable Health Care Act works for some people. For some, it doesn't actually. And some people can't even get it in the state that they're in. Which, and and some of those are the people who really need it. So it's sometimes it, nothing you can, can't even get on the website because it's always down. It's busy. <laughs> Just say it. It's busy. But I think <laughs> what what is it like being an attorney in the employment field? Because now we've completely gone offline, so we might as well just do say this. I want to ask, like, what is it like for you? Like, how do you work in regards to all these changes are made federally and and statewide? How do you, how does it feel for you if if you don't agree with it? But that's the way it is. You just have to go. Well, that sucks. I'm just have to deal with it and move on. Like as an as an attorney. <laughs> well, I can have my own political opinions about uh, different yeah. laws, but when there's a law in place, uh, regard, regardless okay. of whether I think it's a a productive law or not, I mm-hmm. need to help that's people it. enforce it and help people meet the requirements. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just that's what I do. Um, yeah. So I, I look at it uh, in that case as more of a, a bystander, one who says, well, this is the law, we're just going to deal with it, versus a political person who may or may not agree with it. And, yeah, would you ever, would, would you ever run for office in, in an attempt to change a law? You knew this is where we're going, right? You do know that. I'm just saying. I, I don't have any political aspirations. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I I wouldn't want to be on the chopping block that badly, really. I mean, yeah, wow. I, I think it's hard. I know. I think it Good would job. suck. I think it would it would suck. I would. You know. I don't know. I, I don't know. No. I don't know. I think it just would be. I I don't think I would want. That like you know we do radio for a reason. <laughs> just like no, you can't see how many glasses of champagne we have. You know, okay. Um, there's so many. Is your money working for you? The best way to hedge volatility and inflation is investing in commercial real estate with Reef. 
That's rreaf.com backslash investor. Skip the crowdfunding sites and invest directly with Reef. Reef owns and operates each investment, cutting out the middleman and providing investors with exclusive off-market deals. There is no better time than the present to explore our lucrative portfolio of commercial real estate. Open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. And I really want people to go to biglandnetwork.com if you want to know about these right now. Uh, the it's leave law, just too. type in ward or just type in employment laws, you'll find it. Uh, leave law, type it, you'll find it. But it will be in the May-June issue. But lastly, I think this is very interesting. We've talked about this before on the show, and I think it's something that is really important. The domestic violence, sexual assault, and stalking, this mm. being part of leave law, which I don't think was the norm a while back. You know, this is something where people who are victims of this actually get some time out, right, to be able to go to court and things like that. Yes, they do. Um, and it's really as needed under the circumstance. So mm. it's not just for court necessarily. If there's uh, a domestic violence, they're allowed to go to court as part of that. can be paid or unpaid, depending on the policies of the employer. Um, it also allows people to get counseling uh, and other types of help. Uh, maybe it's, uh, if you know, typically it's a woman, and typically, well, sometimes the woman feels like she has to move maybe immediately. Mm. So mm-hmm. you, they're allowed time off work to make that happen and get the help to do that. So they're not being paid, but they're not being fired. Yeah, their jobs are protected for taking the leave, mm. and they're entitled okay. to that. The 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 law that allows for the leave does not require that it be paid Payment. leave, but there yeah. are other ways potentially of accessing ways for paying it. Um, I mean, you really can't take sick leave for it probably, although the sick leave laws are pretty broad, so, um, you know, an employer might be willing to do that. It could uh, give you a migraine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you know, I would counsel an employer, well, if they're out, on domestic violence leave for any reason, and they want to take some time off, uh, usually there's a minimum increment at which they have to take, so maybe they have to take a half day or something, um, then I would say, yeah, just give it to them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, I mean, to me, it's at the end of the day, isn't it also about being good to your employees and having them, I mean, creating a good workforce means being good to your employees and taking care of them, knowing there's people out there that abuse the system of, of that and, and know that, um, but it is about taking care of your employees, I think, you know, and, and vice versa. It's family. It's well, family. I think if you're a good employer, you tend to have good employees, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're a bad employer, you tend to have bad employees. Right. It's, yep. It's, uh, it, these can be tools that help your workforce and make them more loyal to you. So, right. yeah, using them wise, wisely, not too strictly, I think generally is a good idea. There, there is one other concept I wanted to touch on before we mm-hmm. part yeah. ways here, and that is that disability leave, um, there's many different types of laws that cover that, and one of them in California is the FEHA law, uh, Fair Employment and Housing Act, and mm-hmm. that prevents people from discriminating, pre- prevents employers from discriminating against uh, workers with disabilities. And that's been interpreted to mean, 
Under the right circumstances, they're entitled to a leave for being undisabled. Now, again, it's got to be a reasonable accommodation. That's what this is all about. But under the right circumstances, it might be reasonable to give someone leave for being disabled. So on top, and this is where I see issues, most of these issues with leave, is with the disability leave. Um, they have to do the interactive process, you know, why do you need it, what's going on, uh, what's reasonable under the circumstances, what do you need, is that something I can give you? Um, and then once you go through that analysis, then if it's reasonable under the circumstances, uh, actually giving them a leave independently, often independently, of all the other leave laws that may apply. I, I've seen people with disabilities be out for two years. Wow. Um, without being terminated. So mm, wow. Yeah, that's that's the one where some people go, well, hey, work comp let you go, you're good. Uh you need to show up and mm. they don't and they're still they may have a disability and they get terminated and boom, you may have a disability discrimination lawsuit. Interesting. Wow. 2 years, that's a long time. That then. is a long time. Well, and it, under that circumstance thing in one particular circumstance. I don't think the employer had to give them leave that long, but they were just being safe. And, you know, it, it was yeah. it was leave that hmm. uh, didn't cost them anything because it's unpaid. So I think oh, they, yeah. they just wanted to be extra safe, I think. And mm-hmm. a- after two years, they did actually terminate, but, you know. So you just bring somebody time. else in. If you mm-hmm. hire somebody else to do the job, and right. then when the person, if, and if they yeah. do come back, you just they do something different. See what's going on because yeah. they may need them at that point. What if someone is sick and doesn't show up for work and then, oh, I'm fine, then comes back, comes back and forth and, you know, doesn't do a doctor's note, right? And the employer keeps sending them home like you're sick, you can't do what you're doing. And then turns on the employer just says, that's it, you've, you've come to work sick so many times, you haven't got a doctor's note and the employer fires them. Is that a, I mean, there's, is that a bad deal for the employer to do? I mean, for the employee, they can collect unemployment at that so point, right? So you're saying, I, I think I've never run into that. You're saying that the employer keeps sending someone home for being sick. Yes. Uh, you know, or you're injured, sick, don't not, be around, don't pollute the work workplace. Yes. They're and, not able and, to do their job because they're physically incapable of doing it at that point. And then... At the turn around and say, okay, you're you're done, bye bye. You you know you're you keep coming to work and you're not able to do your work because you're not well, and okay. that would that that can be interesting. Yeah, no. Uh, again, I'm I haven't really seen an employer say stay away. I mean, under limited circumstances, yes, but not for something quite like that. Now, um, what your scenario does raise though is disability leave. The person is un you said unable to do the the functions of the, the job, mm-hmm. so they can't they can't do it. So the employer is saying, well, you know, the reasonable thing I think that's a type of reasonable accommodation is that you just don't come to work. You know, now is that a leave? Yeah, it sounds like a disability leave. But don't they need uh, to have a doctor's thing or something like that in hand? For example, let's say. A person comes to work and they go, my back hurts. And every time they move, they go, oh, my back hurts, oh, my back hurts. And every time they're supposed to do something, it's like, oh, my back hurts. So the employer says, okay, um, maybe you should go home. 
Take and the so rest they of the go afternoon for, off. you know, a week or so, and then they come back, and then this all oh, my back hurts, all oh, my back hurts. We're going back to the and pregnancy then, leave. Yeah, and so, <laughs> okay. then, and so the employer goes, well, then maybe because the, the person's not really doing their job because their back hurts. it hurts, so they send them home again. And eventually the employer is like, well, you don't really work when you come here, so bye-bye. Yeah. Well, the the problem would arise if the the hurt back rises to the level of disability, and not all you know back maladies necessarily would, but some certainly yeah. could. Uh, and if it does, then then that then your the employer has a duty to engage in what we call the interactive process that's you know technical mm-hmm. term in the statute to see if there is a reasonable accommodation under the circumstances mm-hmm. so they would have that duty if there is a disability now if there isn't a disability yeah sometimes it's hard to prove one way or the other then right. yeah right. they could terminate them okay mm-hmm. yeah because if there's not a thing, so if, it's interesting. If you were an employee, you'd say, okay, I, I want you to go to a doctor and do whatever's necessary and bring me information. Well, yeah, in California you have to be a little careful about that. Uh, some of oh. the leave laws have protections about disclosing. There's privacy issues about disclosing the exact reason. <laughs> mm. for, but <laughs> wow. what a doctor can do under those circumstances is say, due to a disability, something general like that, this hmm. person needs time off or whatever other accommodation. Okay. Maybe needs yeah. to not lift anything more than 10 pounds or whatever it is. Um, Including so, coffee yeah, cup. You can require medical uh, foundation for the leave. You have to sometimes, federal law is looser on this. Federal law, you could probably just ask directly what's going on. Um, California law, you have to be care- more careful and in, in the information that you're eliciting. Hmm. All right, we we got to go, Ward. It's been fun. <laughs> Thank gosh, we've got we've we've covered a lot of law today. We did good. We did. Yeah. Good. It's a lot of good stuff in here. <laughs> Everyone, best employment attorney, San Diego dot com. Call Ward one eight hundred. You got something going on in California as an employer or an employee? Uh, best employment attorney, San Diego dot com. He's on Twitter at Ward Heinrichs and Facebook under Backstrom and Heinrichs. And um, again, his articles up on BigBlendNetwork dot com. Just type in employment leave laws and you'll find it. But Ward, real quick, okay? Change your job for a day. What's it going to be? Whoa! Well, last time you asked me this, I said writer, and I and that was at uh, the last yeah, interview. So I'm sticking with that. Doggone it! I'm going to write a novel. Okay. Oh, you got to. We're, you. we're behind you. Do it, dude. Do a Perry Mason novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. We want to see that, Ward. You do it. Thanks okay. so much for joining us. Always fun. Yeah, it was great, Lisa. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye, dude. There is no better time than the present to explore the lucrative commercial real estate offerings from Reef. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. Featured on Fox News, Wall Street Journal, Yahoo Finance, and many more. 
We're not a crowdfunding site. We own and operate all our properties. Come see why thousands of individual investors have decided to trust Reef with their real estate investments. Call us today with any questions. Hedge market volatility with Reef. Open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor 